a universal emergent. Decomposition of retrieval tasks in language models, less wrong. By Alexandra Variengian and Eric Windsor. This is a link post for, link in text, this work was done as a master's thesis project at Conjecture, independent from the primary agenda of the organization. Paper available here, thesis here. Over the past months I, Alexandra, with the help of Eric, have been working on a new approach to interpretability of language models, LMs. In the search for the units of interpretability, I decided to zoom out instead of zooming in. I focused on careful dataset design and causal intervention at a macro level, that is scale of layers. My goal has been to find out if there are such things as organs in LMs. In other words, are there macroscopic universal motifs, coarse-grained internal structures corresponding to a function that would generalize across models and domains? I think I found an example of universal macroscopic motifs. Our paper suggests that the information flow inside transformers can be decomposed cleanly at a macroscopic level. This gives hope that we could design safety applications to know what models are thinking, or intervene on their mechanisms without the need to fully understand their internal computations. In this post, we give an overview of the results and compare them with two recent works that also study high-level information flow in LMs. We discuss the respective setups, key differences, and the general picture they paint when taken together. Heading. Executive summary of the paper. Subheading. Methods. Here's a list of bullet points. We introduce Orion, a collection of carefully crafted retrieval tasks that offer token-level control and include six domains. Prompts in Orion are composed of a request, for example a question, asking to retrieve an entity, for example a character from a context, for example a story. We can understand the high-level processing happening at the last token position of an Orion prompt. Middle layers at the last token position process the request. Late layers take the representation of the request from early layers and retrieve the correct entity from the context. This division is clear. Using activation patching, we can arbitrarily switch the request representation outputted by the middle layers to make the LM execute an arbitrary request in a given context. We call this experimental result request patching, see figure below. The results hold for 18 open source LMs, from GPT-2, small to Llama 270B, and six domains, from question answering to code and translation. We provide a detailed case study on Pythia. 2.8b using more classical mechanistic interpretability methods to link what we know happens at the layer level to how it is implemented by individual components. The results suggest that the clean division only emerges at the scale of layers and doesn't hold at the scale of components. That's the end of the list. Subheading. Applications. Building on this understanding, we demonstrate a proof-of-concept application for scalable oversight of LM internals to mitigate prompt injection while requiring human supervision on only a single input. Our solution drastically mitigates the distracting effect of the prompt injection. Accuracy increases from 15.5% to 97.5% on Pythia, 12b. We use the same setting to build an application for mechanistic anomaly detection. We study settings where a token X is both the target of the prompt injection and the correct answer. We try to answer, does the LM answer, is a formula, because it's the correct answer or because it has been distracted by the prompt injection? Applying the same technique fails at identifying prompt injection in most cases. We think it is surprising and it could be a concrete and tractable problem to study in future works.
Heading. Setup. We study prompts where predicting the next token involves retrieving a specific keyword from a long context. For example, quote. Here is a short story. Read it carefully and answer the questions below. A roughly 130-word long short story introducing a character named Alice in London. Answer the questions below, the answers should be concise and to the point. Question. What is the city of the story? Answer. The story takes place in. End quote. We describe such a prompt as an instance of a retrieval task where the natural text in the question is a request while the story is the context. We focus on understanding the LM internal processing at the last token position. For the model to predict London as the next token, it has to 1. Understand that the question is asking for a city and 2. Find the city's name in the context. This is a natural division of the task for humans, but is it how LMs decompose it too? Do they divide the task at all? How are the processing steps organized inside LM layers? Heading. Experiments. Our main experimental result, request patching, is illustrated in the following figure. There's an image here in the text. It is a simple activation patching experiment on the residual stream. For the patched model to output, Paris, it has to execute the request coming from the red input, city. In the context of the green input, about Bob in Paris. It means that the patched residual stream encodes a representation of the request, city. That can be arbitrarily transplanted into an unrelated context, overwriting the previous request, character. The red story, about Alice in London, does not influence the request representation. Despite the out-of-distribution nature of this intervention, the model will happily recover the request from the transplanted residual stream and use its last layer to read the context and find the city, Paris. Subheading. Which layers to patch? To find the right layer at which request patching occurs, we brute force by trying every layer. The typical output of the patched model across layers looks like this. There's an image here in the text. 1. From layer 0 to layer L subscript 1. The model outputs is a formula, Bob, in the figure. There's no change in output compared to the normal processing. 2. At layer L subscript 2. The model outputs is a formula, Paris. It's the layer where request patching is the strongest. The patched residual stream contains only information about the request. No information about the context is apparent in the patched output. 3. From layer L subscript 3 to the last layer. The model outputs is a formula. London. The patched residual stream contains the answer for the task instance on input 1. The patching experiment is equivalent to hard coding the output of the model on input 1. In general, the layer L subscript 2 at which request patching is most effective depends on the task. There's an image here in the text. There's no clear global pattern, but we can make two observations from these plots. The induction task simply consists of repeating strings from the context. Its request representation, that is encoding of the prefix the model should look for in the context, seems to be formed earlier than the other tasks involving more complicated requests. Llama 270B presents a peculiar internal organization compared to the other models. The request representation is formed in the same narrow range of layers no matter the task, even for the induction task. See also the results of patching across layers on the right. It seems to be well factored with sharply delimited regions that don't depend on surface level changes in the input. 
it is unclear if it is due to its size or other confounding factors. Subheading. How strong is the effect? In other words, how strongly does the model predict? Here's a formula. Compared to its prediction of the correct answer in the absence of intervention, there's an image here, with the caption. White regions are settings where the model is not able to solve the task, less than 70% accuracy. We normalize the token probability by setting 0 to be the probability outputted by a model answering a random question in the given context. For example if there are three possible questions to be asked about the story, then random guessing gives a probability of one-third. One is set to be the average next token probability of the model without intervention. In 98 of the 106 model task pairs, the patched model outputs is a formula with more than 70% of the normalized baseline token probability. In 56 of 106 of the setups, the patched model outputs is a formula with more than 90% of the normalized baseline token probability. This suggests that request patching interferes very little with the retrieval ability of the model, despite putting the model in an out-of-distribution internal state and heavily restraining access to information. Early layers cannot see the context tokens and later layers cannot see the request tokens. Subheading. How to interpret the results. The three layers, L subscript 1, L subscript 2, and L subscript 3, should not be understood as places in the network where specific computation happens. We are only studying the changes in the residual stream at the last token position. Thus, we can observe when the embedding of R subscript 1 is coherently patched into the residual stream from L subscript 2 and L subscript 3 or when the embedding of is a formula is coherently patched into the residual stream after L subscript 3. However, the actual computation of these embeddings may happen elsewhere in the network. For example, the request may be compiled in multiple steps in earlier token positions before a final step that copies the embedding into the last token position. Thus, the most precise description we can give is that the layer L subscript 2 at the last token position acts as an interface between the understanding of the request, happening before, and the retrieval computation, happening after. More work is needed to understand the nature of the computation before and after this interface. Heading. Application to mitigating the effect of prompt injection. Understanding models internally is not enough to increase their operational safety. Raw knowledge needs to be translated into concrete applications. To show that it is possible to bridge this gap, we leveraged our understanding of request patching to design a proof-of-concept application to mitigate the effect of prompt injection. We consider a setup where we have a single trusted input. Human supervisors have checked that there's nothing fishy happening in the input and that the output of the model is correct. A large set of untrusted inputs that potentially contain prompt injections, that is strings of text that distract the LM from answering the question asked, for example, what is the city? And instead forces it to output an arbitrary token, for example, Madrid, in the figure below. We show that we can apply request patching from the trusted to the untrusted input to sanitize the representation of the request, and remove the impact of the distractors. We go from 0% to 70.5% accuracy for Pythia, 410M, and 15.5% to 97.5% for Pythia, 12B. See the paper for a more detailed description of the application, including a study of mechanistic anomaly detection. There's an image here in the text. This approach provides several benefits compared to baseline techniques such as training a linear probe to detect distractors. 
the untrusted inputs could contain instances where the human supervisor does not know the answer. Future work could extend the application to cases where the tasks on the trusted and untrusted inputs are not the same. For example the trusted input is in English and the untrusted inputs are in Russian. Or the trusted input is an easier version of a problem compared to the untrusted inputs. Such demonstrations could show that this technique can be suitable for scalable internal oversight in cases where overseers have no access to gold labels. It only requires a single trusted input. Not only can we detect that the model is using a different mechanism, but we can also intervene to make the model use the trusted mechanism on the untrusted input. Despite the promising potential of this application, it is limited to a proof of concept and doesn't include a comparison with other methods. Heading. Microscopic analysis. To keep this post short, we do not discuss microscopic analysis bridging the understanding from what happens at the scale of layers to the role of individual components. Check out the paper for a detailed discussion of this. We'd be happy to answer questions in the comments about this section too. Heading. Comparison with recent work. Two recent papers have taken similar macroscopic approaches to mechanistic interpretability. The work in this post was completed before the publication of these works. However, it is useful to do a comparison. This discussion elucidates the differences between the approaches. Additionally, the set of three papers, including our own, represents an emerging body of work on macroscopic interpretability that deserves to be spotlighted. Subheading. In-context learning creates task vectors. Instead of studying retrieval tasks, in-context learning creates task vectors, studies the good old few-shot learning setup. In particular, they consider setups of the form. Quote. Apple. Right arrow. Red. Lime. Right arrow. Green. Banana. Right arrow. End quote. The correct answer is yellow. The general format of tasks is. Quote. Query 1. Right arrow. Response 1. Query 2. Right arrow. Response 2. Query 3. Right arrow. End quote. There's an image here in the text. The LM must deduce the task represented by the right arrow operator and then compute the correct response for the given query. The authors find that when patching the residual stream activation, theta, at layer, is a formula, from the final right arrow into the corresponding activation in a zero shot context, query 4, right arrow, the model often correctly solves the task on query 4. In other words, they can patch the deduced meaning of the right arrow operator from one context into another. At a high level, this is analogous to request patching. A rough mapping is. There's a table here in the text. Two key differences include. 1. In task vectors, the query is usually very short and simple, such as a single word. In request patching, the context is often complex, such as a short story or a piece of code. 2. In task vectors, the meaning of right arrow is deduced from few-shot examples. In request patching, the request is often self-descriptive, who is the main character of the story. The precise unification of the task vectors and request patching results is more nuanced than it might seem. For example, we have an induction task that involves giving few-shot examples. Consider patching A, Z, B, K, A, Z, B, into B, 3, C, E, B, 
3. C, where both are preceded by some few-shot examples of induction tasks. Then we find that the LM outputs 3, the value of B in the target context. If we naively interpreted colon as the right arrow operator in task vectors, we would expect the LM to output E, as the task vector would be the same in both cases. Encoding the task, repeat what came before. Resolving related examples within a coherent scheme necessitates deriving a more general set of rules for how transformers resolve complex requests that require multiple steps of reasoning. Subheading. How do language models bind entities in context? There's an image here in the text. Example. Quote. Context 1. Alice lives in the capital of France. Bob lives in the capital of Thailand. Context 2. Charlie lives in the capital of Bolivia. Dina lives in the capital of Ethiopia. Query. Where does Alice live? End quote. How do language models bind entities in context, investigates patching contexts for retrieval tasks in a different way. Given a collection of entity attribute relations, context 1, the LM is prompted with a query, query. The paper posits that in many cases, the binding is encoded in a vector subspace independent of the entity encoding and token sequence position. In concrete terms, they can do a couple of interventions. 1. Directly patch a token's residual stream, across all layers, into a frozen context to overwrite an entity or attribute. For example, we can patch an embedding of Bolivia from a forward pass on context 2 into the embedding of France on a frozen forward pass on context 1 to induce the LM to answer the query with La Paz, the capital of Bolivia. 2. Extracted differences in binding ID vectors and then use these to permute the bindings of entities and attributes. For example, we can add a particular direction to the residual stream to get the LM to answer the query with Bangkok, the capital of Thailand, instead of Paris, the capital of France, when given context 1. In Appendix E, the authors also note a different binding mechanism in multiple choice questions, where an entity and attribute seem to be directly compiled into a last token embedding of the entity attribute pair. The binding ID mechanism is likely complementary to request patching. Binding IDs and their associated interventions tell us how the model assembles and retrieves relations within the structure of a context. Request patching tells us how the model determines what to retrieve at the last token position. Elucidating the connection between binding mechanisms and request compilation is an interesting direction for future work. Subheading. Putting the three together. Jointly, the observed phenomena of request patching, task vectors, and binding IDs shed the first light on a macroscopic theory of language model interpretability. They give us a first window into how LMs might implement high-level, human-understandable algorithms. There are a number of straightforward follow-up questions. 1. How are binding IDs generated in the first place? What mechanism ensures that binding IDs are the same between entities and their associated attributes? 2. How do LMs distinguish between few-shot or task context? Answer a question about the following short story. Retrieval context, a short story, and the request, a question? How can we unify the phenomena of task vectors and request patching? 3. How do binding IDs and request patching interact? Does an LM first compile a request into a particular binding ID to look for, or does it do something else? And many other paths for possible extensions. 1. Searching for new algorithmic primitives outside of task vectors, request patching, and binding IDs. 2. Synthesizing the known primitives into broader principles of LM computation.
3. Breaking down more complex tasks in terms of known primitives. 4. Reflecting back on what these primitives suggest about the inductive bias of LMs themselves. 5. Using these macroscopic primitives to design proof-of-concept applications for LM internal oversight. This macroscopic lens is complementary to the microscopic lens of circuits, for example toy circuits, neuron labeling, and sparse autoencoders. In our case study of Pythia 2.8b, we show that there seem to be different circuits completing a given task on different examples. Despite this microscopic variation, the request patching phenomenon persists at the macroscopic level. Hopefully, future work will draw stronger links between the microscopic and macroscopic interpretation of LMs, yielding an understanding of their computations that span multiple scales of analysis. This article was narrated by Type 3 Audio for Less Wrong. It was first published on December 19, 2023. The original text contained one footnote which was omitted from the narration. To report an issue or give feedback on this narration, go to t3a.is.